At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the look ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. From the Circus Sportsbook here in downtown Las Vegas, I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Follow along on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R, or all of us on the network at VSIN Live. We are at the Major League Baseball All-Star Break. The Home Run Derby is in the books. Congratulations to Juan Soto of the Washington Nationals, for now, who wins the Home Run Derby, defeating fellow youngster, Julio Rodriguez, the American League favorite for Rookie of the Year from the Seattle Mariners. What a show it was at Dodger Stadium. The action started with uh, a fun first round right out of the gate. Julio Rodriguez absolutely puts on a show. The rookie comes out, posts up 31 home runs, and it was incredible. To watch. He goes out, puts on an absolute show. The very first batter, who actually swung and missed at his first pitch, uh, shook off the rust, was not, you know, the moment wasn't too big for him, and he absolutely uh, put on a show. And I feel bad for Corey Seager, who was one of my selections to win. Uh, I tweeted out at Scott's On Air my two bets prior to the Derby. One, Corey Seager at plus 900. The second one being Juan Soto at plus 600. And uh, Seager, I had high expectations for. And he actually did really well. Corey Seager went out there and put up the second most home runs of anybody in the first round. Except the second most, not good enough when the guy you're against in the bracket puts up the most. Julio put up 32 in the first round and defeated Corey Seager. And yeah, that was upsetting for me because I thought Seager actually hit the ball well, despite the fact that his dad throwing it to him was kind of throwing it all over the place. But uh, Julio definitely put everyone on notice. Pete Alonso then was able to uh, get, you know, win his first round matchup and uh, against Ronald Acuna. Juan Soto cruised by Jose Ramirez, who had no business being in this event. And the surprise was Albert Pujols, who despite not putting up a good number in the first round, 
was able to beat Kyle Schwarber, who was the number one seed in this event. Schwarber in the matchup odds was minus 400. Albert Pujols plus 300 to win in the first round. Pujols upsets Kyle Schwarber. So it was Pujols against Soto in the second round, and it was Pete Alonso, the back-to-back champ, going up against Julio Rodriguez. Julio, once again, put up an incredible number, 31 home runs in the second round, and Pete Alonso only got 23, just could not keep up with Julio. And last year, Alonzo talked about how he loved going first because he felt that it put pressure on the person that you were going against. You put up a big number, and now they feel pressured, and with every swing that doesn't result in a home run, they're getting nervous and starting to grip the bat a little tighter, and it's what happened to Alonzo here. Julio Rodriguez puts up 31 home runs, and then all of a sudden, when Pete Alonso gets off to a slow start, you start getting nervous, and it's like, I don't think he's going to get 30. And he only got 23. So Alonzo eliminated. There will be no three-peat here this evening, and Julio advanced to the finals. Uh, Juan Soto was able to just scratch by Albert Pujols, as he did not have a good a good second round, but he still got by. And then in the finals, Julio cooled off, and Juan Soto was able to take the title. Uh, so we were happy here on the show. We cashed in on Soto plus six hundred before the event started, plus four fifty after the event started, live betting wise. So uh, nice cashing in on Julio to uh, win the home run derby. Excuse me, on Juan Soto to win the home run derby, and all the attention now. Goes it goes to where will Juan Soto be playing next month? And this was a big win for him because he was already on the national landscape. Everyone knows how good this kid is. He's one of the one of the dominant young players in all of Major League Baseball. And yeah, you know, uh David Ortiz was joking on the Fox set, you know, with the money gun, and he was like, pay this man, pay this man. Yeah, you gotta pay this man. He turned down two big offers from the Washington Nationals, clearly signaling that he does not want to be on that team. Even though he has said all the right things and everyone's asking him, uh, he got asked by the media during the, the availability what it would be like to play for the Mets if he got traded to the Mets. And by the way, kudos to Starling Marte of the Mets who was like buddying up Juan Soto and You know, it was like a recruitment, the entire home run derby. He's talking to him in between the at-bats and giving him the Gatorade with the towel and all that stuff. That's a good teammate, good teammate, uh, futures teammate, Starling Marte. Um, But Juan Soto was asked about the Mets, and he said something along the lines of, um, if you look at my numbers in that stadium, they're great. He said, I would love to play against the Mets in that stadium. So he said against the Mets. Like he said all the right things. He said he, you know, he's a member of the Washington Nationals. He's a he's a national. And to play against all these teams is great. But when you turn down a 15-year, 440 million dollar contract, I know the average annual salary is 
nowhere near what he's worth because there's so many other players that make more money per year than he does or than he would under this deal. But when you turn down that money, you send a clear signal. You don't want to play for this team. And Juan Soto has two years left on his contract. And you wonder now what type of haul the Nationals can bring back for Juan Soto. And the growing sense around the league is that it's going to get done in the next two weeks. They're not going to keep him for the remainder of this season and then trade him in the offseason. They're going to get this done before the August 2nd deadline. And he would be one of the biggest trade deadline acquisitions in the history of baseball. That's how good this kid is. And the reason why it's smart for them to get this thing done now is because his value's never going to be higher. If he slumps in the second half of this season, his value dips. If he gets hurt, God forbid, his value dips. You hold on for him next year and he slumps or gets hurt, his value dips. He's never going to be as high as he is now, and especially coming off a home run derby win on the national landscape where people that maybe weren't familiar, and it's hard to believe anybody wasn't familiar with uh, Juan Soto, they're certainly familiar with him now. And so you wonder what team he's going to get traded to and how much of an effect it has on their future odds. Soto talking to media availability, talking to the media, excuse me, during the availability said, quote, it feels really uncomfortable. You don't know what to trust, but at the end of the day, it's out of my hands in what decision they make. He was asked if the trade talks have made his job more difficult. He said, quote, here and there, you know, but you can't blame that on your stats or anything you can do on the field. At the end of the day, I just try to forget about everything outside for three hours and try to be the 12-year-old that I've been and play baseball as hard as I can and try to enjoy it as much as I can, end quote. Soto, uh, it's amazing. There's teams out there that are really just salivating at the opportunity to acquire this kid. But you have to wonder, a team that acquires him is got to be thinking about the potential of the contract. So let's take the New York Yankees, for example. They have been reluctant to give Aaron Judge this long-term deal. No offer has been made yet. There was a low-ball offer. They, they went to arbitration. They avoid arbitration. They give him some money for this year. But there's like there's so much that's left to be done with Aaron Judge. Judge is 30 years old, okay? We'll see if um, he's going to get this massive deal that he deserves, frankly. But the Yankees are reluctant. Do you give a 30-year-old a a 10-year deal so that you're paying him 30-something million dollars as a 40-year-old baseball player? Like, how do you approach this? Do the Yankees want to mortgage the future? trade away their top prospects to acquire Juan Soto so that in two years from now, they're going to be 
where they are right now with Aaron Judge, and that's at a contract impasse. Although I will say that even in two years from now, paying a 25-year-old Juan Soto is a lot easier than paying a 30-year-old Aaron Judge. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Starting tonight on the show, we're going to take a look at all the teams in Major League Baseball over the next couple of days, see how they are doing, see how it stacks up against their preseason win totals, take a look at their adjusted win totals for the remainder of the season. We'll start with both the American League East and the National League East tonight. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back. This segment of The Look Ahead is presented by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, the simpler way to experience nicotine satisfaction and enjoy lasting change on your terms. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that have helped Millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. I don't know about you, but there have been times in life where I needed to make a change. I knew I needed to make a change, but I just wasn't ready yet. I'm sure a lot of smokers and dippers out there can relate. Zinn understands there isn't one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is a little different. Everyone's on their own journey. So whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step towards change, Zinn will be there for you with the right strength, the right flavor, at the right time. If you're thinking about making a change and want to learn more today, check out Zinn Nicotine Pouches at Zinn.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Always on Twitter, at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N. A-I-R. I wanted to uh, take this time over the course of the Major League Baseball All-Star break. So we got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, my final three days before I ship out on a little vacation. I did tweet out earlier today the uh, updated records for the baseball bets uh, prior to the All-Star break and that um, there will be no official plays uh, until, I guess, I return on August 1st. Um, so we got this all-star break now, and then I'm on vacation. Basically, what I, I got to start my college football prep as well, so that's what I'll be doing on my time off. 
and then I get ready to you know kick things into high gear in August as we'll get into NFL preseason. College football really will will start to take front and center for me, and uh, we'll continue to finish out the rest of the baseball season strong. But I wanted to take these next couple of days, and each day take a different section of the country or the divisions in baseball and go through where these teams are at the current moment with their wins and look at their projected win totals, see what we see for the rest of the season with these teams. So today we'll do the East, uh, tomorrow we will do the Central, and then on Wednesday night we will do the West. So let's start in the National League East, and we'll just go by the current standings right now. In the National League East, the New York Mets are in first place, they are nine. They are uh, fifty-eight and thirty-five right now. Fifty-eight and thirty-five in first place in the National League East. The Braves two and a half games back at fifty-six and thirty-eight. The Phillies eight and a half games back, forty-nine and forty-three. The Marlins are forty-three and forty-eight, and the Nationals bringing up the rear at thirty-one and sixty-three. That is the worst record, by the way, in Major League Baseball. Here was the uh, preseason win total for the New York Mets. The preseason win total for the Mets was at 88 and a half. This team won 77 games, uh, or last season it was at 77 games, was the um, the win total. Last year the Mets uh, were able to win. Oh, yeah, the Mets won 77 games last year. That's right. So 77 games. This year the win total was projected 88 and a half. Looking at fan graphs, the projected win total for the New York Mets right now, 98 and 64 is their projected record. They're currently 58 and 35, so they will soar past the preseason win total of 88 and a half. But what is their updated win total here at the All-Star break? Updated win total, 97 and a half. Again, Fangraphs has the Mets projected at, let's see, 98 and 64. That means the rest of the way they will go 40 and 29 and uh, win the uh, National League East. They have them finishing ahead of the Atlanta Braves in the National League East. So 98 and 64 would be just over their adjusted win total of 97 and a half. And I could see it happening. The Mets, if this projection is correct at 98, that's 40 and 29 the rest of the way in the 69 remaining games the Mets have. It's a 574 win percentage. It's very, very doable, especially when you consider Max Scherzer's back. He looks great. Jacob deGrom is coming back. And you plug in Scherzer and deGrom back-to-back starting two of the games every couple of days. Those are two wins that you should pick up. And so if you just look at 69 um, games for the rest of the season and divide that by five, that's 13.8. All right? So now let's take the 13.8 we're just going to divide it by five. So let's say they pitch two every five games. You get two wins out of, uh, let's see, divided by, well, it's got to be 20%. So we got to do times 0. 0.2, 2.76. 
and then we multiply that by five, 13.8. All right. Well, my math's not crazy, but bottom line is the Mets should win two out of every five games is what they should. So I think that 98, I think this team could even win 100, if I'm being honest. If DeGrom is DeGrom when he comes back, then yeah, I think the Mets are a good bet to go over this adjusted win total of 97 and a half, especially when you consider Fangraphs has them charted at 98 wins. The Atlanta Braves, their preseason win total was 91 and a half. They were projected to win the National League East, 91 and a half. The Braves currently right now are sitting at 56 and 38. Their adjusted win total is now going to be 94 and a half. Fangraphs has them projected 96 and 66. So they would finish the year 40 and 28, almost an identical record to what the New York Mets would finish this season out. And, and there's a lot to love about this Braves team. They've had a long winning streak recently, and uh, they are coming into form as long as they stay healthy. I think the Braves certainly are a playoff team and might give the Mets some fits here in the National League East. So I do believe that the Braves are uh, pretty good to get over this adjusted win total of 94 and a half. The Philadelphia Phillies preseason win total, 86 and a half. The Phillies currently sit at 49 and 43. Their adjusted win total is currently 86 and a half. So preseason 86 and a half and adjusted, no adjustment, still 86 and a half. Fangraphs has them projected for 86 wins and 76 losses. This is a close one. It all depends on the health. If Bryce Harper comes back and he's, you know, he's Bryce Harper MVP status, then I think the Phillies will be fine. Um, the longer he's out, the longer they have to rely on some other pieces. You know, this is a team that already fired their manager early in the season. I do like this Phillies team. I think they'll contend. Again, Harper's got to come back and he's got to contribute. But until we know any situation there, it's hard to bet an over on the Phillies win total. Marlins are 43 and 48. Preseason, the Marlins were at 77 and a half. The updated total on the Marlins right now is 78 and a half. So they go up by one game, and the Marlins are projected to finish with 79 wins, 79 and 83. I actually like this. Um, they're projected to go on Fangraphs 36 and 35 the rest of the year. I think the Marlins can exceed that, if, if I'm being honest. I love their pitching. Uh, you know, with Sandy Alcantara, he's pitching for a Cy Young. And look, I get it. Clayton Kershaw is going to start the All-Star game because it's in Dodger Stadium. But, like, no one's been better than Sandy Alcantara. He deserves to start this game. But that's besides the point. Uh, when you have Alcantara and Lopez and Rodgers and now Garrett, you know, this is a, a pitching staff that every time they're out there, they could, you know, they could win a game. They put, them, they put themselves in position to win every game they play. It's just a matter of getting the offensive contributions. Will they trade Jazz Chisholm? Will he come back and contribute for this team? All that stuff is yet to be determined for the Marlins. And then the Nationals, who are 31-63, and 63, worst team in Major League Baseball right now, preseason 71.5 on their win total. Their updated win total, 
58 and a half. And right now, Fangraphs has them projected 61 and 101. I'm going to say go under on the Washington Nationals because I do expect them to trade Juan Soto. And then even if they get back some stud young players or some guys that can contribute at the major league level, they're not going to compare to Juan Soto's production. So I would go under on the Washington Nationals. That is your midseason look at the National League East. We'll take a look at the American League East when we return. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network, as we continue to look at the uh, mid-season uh, updates on all the teams. We start today with the East, so we did the NL East. Now we'll do the American League East. And we'll also take a look at the adjusted win totals as well. So let's get into the American League East. And we'll start with the top team in all of baseball. And that is the New York Yankees. First, let's give you the standings uh, real quick. Yankees 64 and 28. 13 games up on the Tampa Bay Rays, who are in second at 51 and 41. Toronto is 50 and 43. The Red Sox 48 and 45. And the Baltimore Orioles who uh, were so hot at the end of the first half, 46 and 46. And if the season ended today, the Rays and Blue Jays would be in the playoffs. The Red Sox two games out, Orioles three and a half games out right now. The Yankees, as we mentioned, are in first place. Their preseason win total was 91 and a half. And their updated win total right now is... One oh four and a half, the highest updated win total in all of Major League Baseball. One oh four and a half. Fangraphs currently has the Yankees projected to go one oh four and fifty eight. Projected to go forty and thirty the second half of the year and uh, hit one oh four and fifty eight. I actually like this to go over. Um, and I know that you know regression should come for this Yankees team, but look at what they just did to the Red Sox prior to the All-Star break. I mean, this team is not going to slow down. They're only going to get better. They're only going to get healthier. And I think that they're in a position to make a, an, an acquisition here at the trade deadline. And so you look at this team that's going to possibly get better you know, they'll trade away Joey Gallo. They'll get something. They'll, they'll replace him with somebody that's you know can contribute. 
And then there's a second half of this schedule that includes, you know, yes, it's difficult. You do play some, you do play difficult opponents, but you also play Kansas City, Oakland, the Angels, um, the Pirates, who beat the Yankees earlier, but uh, Texas, there's winnable games here also with the tough games that they will have in their division as well. I think the Yankees are on a mission and nothing's going to slow them down. I like them to go over their adjusted win total, even at 104. Uh, the second place team is the Tampa Rays. Their preseason win total was 89 and a half. Their updated win total is 87 and a half. So actually down two games. Tampa currently sitting right now at uh, 51 and 41, and their fan projection is 87 and 75. That would mean going 36 and 34 in the second half. This is a team that needs to get healthy as well. And I don't know if it's going to happen. Tyler Glass now could be coming back for this season, but they are decimated by injuries. Harold Ramirez. Gets hurt. Uh, Manuel Margot is on the IA. Or, oh, um, Manuel got hurt earlier this year. Kevin Kiermeyer, that's what Kevin Kiermeyer um, is out. And Kiermeyer actually said that um, he could be out for a while. So, you know, I don't know what's going on. He, he says his season could be over. And it's just you're looking at the, the injuries that are adding up now for the Tampa Rays, and I think this team actually could go under this 87 win mark. So the adjusted win total now on Tampa that is at 87 and a half, honestly, I think this team goes under the 87 and a half mark because of the injury concerns. Let's talk about the Toronto Blue Jays. Their preseason win total was pretty high, as a lot of people were very high on this Blue Jays team. The Blue Jays were 92 and a half and projected to win the American League East. Their adjusted win total now is 88 and a half. Fangraphs has the Blue Jays to win 89 games, 89 and 73. I think the Jays are a candidate to win, you know, right around this number, maybe even a little higher. I just because they, they're projected to go 39 and 30 in the second half. I think that they could, it's a good number, but I think it could be higher. I think they can win more just because they fired Charlie Montoya for a reason. They, they demanded more from this team, and I think they'll get more from this team. I really do. Uh, the second half should be better than the first half, which even though they finished 50 and 43, was not up to the expectation level that they had there for this team. Uh, let's go to the Boston Red Sox. Their preseason win total was at 85 and a half. Their adjusted win total is 84 and a half. So one game uh, less. They're 48 and 45 right now. Fangraphs has them projected to finish 84 and 78. That would mean a 36 and 33 second half. I like it. I think it's accurate. I think that they are probably an 84 to 85 win team, which is crazy because 
That's literally right around their adjusted win total, which has gone down to 84 and a half. Um, if I had to make a bet on it, I'd probably go over, but, you know, Chris Sale with fractured pinky, you know, if he's, um, if he's out for now, back again, out again, story is hurt now. And looking at the schedule for the Red Sox, see, this is important. You got to look at the schedule for this in the second half to see they just got trounced by the Yankees. They don't really have a lot of easy series. You know what? Now that I'm looking at the schedule, I think it's going to be under. Here's their series in the second half. Toronto, Cleveland, Milwaukee, Houston, Kansas City, Atlanta, New York, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Toronto, Tampa, Minnesota, Texas, Tampa, Baltimore, New York, Kansas City, Cincinnati, New York, Baltimore, Toronto, Tampa. You know what? I changed my mind. I think I'm going to go under on the Red Sox. 84 and 78 is their fan graphs projection. I think they're 83. I think they're right around 82, 83 wins. Let's talk about the Baltimore Orioles, who preseason, this team was sitting at 62 and a half. I remember on this network, talking about betting the Orioles over. I actually jokingly said something about betting the Orioles every single game of the season. That's what I said. And I was the reason why I joked about it was I was trying to figure out the math. I remember this. I wish I could just pull I wish I could find the, the tape of this. But I was trying to figure out the math based on that 62-game uh, pro, uh, projected win total. And I'm thinking if they go 62 and 100, right, which would be their win total, 62, 62 and a half. And if the average money line on them was plus 200, if you bet on them every game of the season and they win 62 games, don't you, wouldn't you make profit? Assuming that it's plus 200 on every game. And if you think about it, like there's some games where they're going to be plus 300, plus 350, like they play the Yankees, plus 300, something like that. And if you get some of those wins, you get some of those wins. But let's say if it's on average plus 200, you would win 12.5 units, you'd lose 10 units, and you'd be up, right? On a $100 scale, you'd be up, what, $2,500. But then what if they win more than 62? Well, now you're just golden. And look at what they've done so far. The Baltimore Orioles are on pace to just destroy this win total projection. They're 46 and 46. They are even projected to have a worse second half than a first half. They're projected to go 30 and 40. Fangraphs has them 76 and 86, which would go over their preseason win total. The adjusted win total for the Orioles right now, 75 and a half. And uh, that's a, such a great number. What I say, Fangraphs has them at 76, 75 and a half, 30 and 40 the rest of the season. Look, if I had to lean, I'd say under. I think maybe this team is still, you know, not there yet, and the other shoe might drop for the Baltimore Orioles. It's been an incredible first half, but I think they'll come back down to earth in the second half. So I'll go under, but not by much. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, we'll be joined by Katie Mox. Moxie Betts is the podcast, Omaha Productions for ESPN. This is The Look Ahead with me, Scott Seidenberg, on v the Sports Betting Network.
This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over, terms and conditions, and other eligible restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Joining us now from Omaha Productions from ESPN, the host of Moxie Bets, she is Katie Mox. Katie, we are here at the All-Star break, home run derby in the books, but taking a look ahead to the rest of the Major League Baseball season any uh, futures bets that you like? Any teams that you're uh, circling, uh, keying in on right now as we get to the second half of the season? Well, I already have a futures on the Yankees uh, to win the World Series, and I'm still feeling pretty good at that. Um, it's plus 400, I believe, right now. They're tied with the Dodgers. They're just the best team in baseball right now. I mean, especially that series that they just wrapped up with the Red Sox, incredible amount of runs that they had against their biggest rival. They've got the best run differential, OPS, or the third best team ERA in baseball. They're on pace for 120 wins, which I believe would break the record for win totals, right? It's at 116 right now. So I, I love the Yankees. I'm, I'm still hot on them. I think in terms of value right now, you've got the Mets sitting at plus 700. There's been a lot of talk about a Subway series, which I know everyone here in New York would like to see. And I think everyone over, you know, in the whole United States would love a Subway series. I like that. Scherzer's back in the in the mix. He's doing well. We got DeGrom that's hopefully coming back soon. Those two guys, if we do get that Subway Series, plus 700, good value there. And then long shot, I actually like the Braves. When I was trying to find long shots and I was looking at everybody else today, it's like you got the Brewers, the Blue Jays, the Padres, Rays, Bull Sox teams. I don't really see any of them making a run for it. The Braves started a little bit slower, but they just had a 14-game win streak through the first half of June. They're looking pretty good. Yeah, speaking of 14-game win streaks, the Mariners have won 14 oh, straight. It looks yes. like they're in line right now to break the longest postseason drought uh, you know, that we've seen. So maybe they make the playoffs and make a little bit of noise if you're looking for a bomb shot maybe on the uh, Seattle Mariners. 
I love that. I lo- what about the Orioles? How do you feel about the Orioles? I keep saying that bubble's going to burst, but it, I mean, they did actually pretty well against the, the Rays recently. I think it is going to burst. I think they're, you know, uh, the, the thought is a year away from being a year away is the saying. And, and I think that's where they are right now. I think the Orioles are definitely have a bright future. Same thing with the Mariners. I think what the Mariners are doing are, is exceeding expectation right now. And um, it would be a great story if both of them get to the postseason, but yeah. I, I just don't think that that's going to happen. Uh, let's, yeah. let's talk NBA. The biggest story uh, is the, obviously everyone waiting on the Kevin Durant kind Kyrie Irving saga, but also yep. Donovan Mitchell likely to be traded and to the New York Knicks. They're the favorites to land him, and it makes the most sense. Obviously, he's a Connecticut kid. Dad worked for the Mets. He's got all the connections to CAA, who pretty much runs the Knicks right now. So yep. if Mitchell does get traded to the Knicks, does that lock New York in as a playoff team? Not a play-in tournament team, a mm. play-in team next year. I'm going to say no. You want to talk about a team that's a year away from being a year away. <laughs> I still think that it's going to be the Knicks here. And, and I do think that fans were disappointed after the draft, right? Nobody knew what they were doing. I do think the front office has kind of showed their cards a little bit now that they're slow and steady, really being strategic. They've got a lot of draft capital and they, they did pretty well in summer league but as we know summer league doesn't mean anything when it comes to regular season success i do think that brunson and mitchell would be really fun to watch certainly the knicks need a more consistent offense and that would help them a lot there but you know the utah jazz are really um you know their their gm over there is really slick right and they're used to getting a king's ransom for things i mean they did for rudy gobert and the Knicks have already been through that. I mean, we saw what they did when they traded for Carmelo Anthony, and they didn't really get too far. I think second round in the Eastern Conference. Um, and look, they wanted six first-round draft picks. They wanted Quinton Grimes, Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Toppin, Miles McBride. The Knicks, of course, said no to that. I think that the Jazz are softening on that. Of course, the Knicks have the most draft picks. They've got 11 over the next seven years for first-rounders. So I think it's likely that they get Donovan Mitchell, but I don't think that the Knicks are going to be giving up a King's ransom for Mitchell again because I just don't think that that is their MO this year. So no, I still think we're about a year away from being a year away. I just think as long as they can get him without giving up R.J. Barrett, they've done well. All right, Katie, let's talk football. I know you've been doing uh, some hard work on your prep for this upcoming season. First, let me ask you about your boy, Jimmy G. Does he start for a team week one of the NFL season? I'm not going to ask you which team. I'm just saying, does he Um, start for a team week one? Well, that is a loaded question there, Scott. And I will, I mean, it's right, because we don't know. I don't, I still think, I think that he's going to be a 49er. I really do. I don't think that they're going to give him away just to give him away. I don't think they're going to release him. Now, if, if somebody gets injured in training camp, we can potentially see him move, but I'm still not 100% convinced on Trey Lance that that he's going to be ready. And so I think that the Niners are super savvy and they're smart. And Jed York said we could keep Jimmy Garoppolo for up to three years. And you hear conflicting reports about Trey Lance. I would not be surprised, and I will say this on your program, if Jimmy Garoppolo starts for the 49ers. In week one, that would not shock me, honestly, because I am not sold on Trey Lance, and and I'm I'm honestly a little, I don't want to say confused, maybe um maybe yep. slightly baffled by all the 49er love going into this season. 
Uh, I know that obviously the Seahawks are weaker in that division. The Cardinals should take a step back, especially without Hopkins for a little while. But the Rams are still the class of that division. The NFC is there's some teams that they're going to have to contend with. And if Trey Lance is their starter, I don't know why there's so much love for the 49ers. I will agree with you there. I mean, I'm never going to argue on why there's love for the 49ers because I love the 49ers so much, but I feel much more comfortable having, you know, they've got a high win total too. I, think, I believe there's a set at 10 games. I feel more comfortable with Jimmy Garoppolo yes. and those 10 games than I do with Trey Lance. We only saw him for two games this last year. And yeah, he had some big moments, but he made a lot of mistakes too, which is fair considering, you know, you got to get the reps and it takes time to build. I don't, I don't love this whole get the rookie in, send them out right away. I like the old school way of doing things where you, you know, you grow them up in the program and then they start when they're ready. I understand that we gave up a lot for him, but Jimmy Garoppolo is still a really good quarterback. He knows the offense. He gets better every single year. So I don't understand... I don't understand people loving Trey Lance and and still putting the Niners at this 10 wins if he's our starter, because you got to believe that he's going to make some mistakes. We're going to lose some games, but... I think, you know, the first half before the bye week, the Niners do have a relatively easy schedule. They got the Bears, the Seahawks, the Broncos. I'm not hot on the Broncos. I know we got Russell Wilson going there, but they lose Vic Fangio, you know, their defensive prowess, uh, power guy that's going to get everything done. And they've got a lot of new things happening in that organization. And then they see the Rams. We see the Rams actually twice before the bye week, which... Yes, the Rams are the Super Bowl contenders. I still believe in a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover. They really leveraged everything to win last year, and they just barely squeaked by. They barely won the NFC Championship game, and they kind of barely won the Super Bowl as well. So having them repeat and do that again, I'm not so sure. Then they got the Falcons, the Chiefs, and then, of course, the Rams um, again. So I think the Niners can squeak out some some good wins in the first half of the season, but it will be interesting. Speaking of Super Bowl hangover, do the Bengals uh, get back to the postseason this year, and do they win the division? No. They don't. I mean, they don't get back to the, I mean, they might get back to the postseason, but I certainly don't think that they're getting anywhere near the Super Bowl again. I love Joe Burrow, and I think they surprised everybody last year, but the AFC has just gotten, like, it's gone crazy. It's gotten so much better, so I don't see them having the same success. Although, you know, you hate to bet against someone like Joe Burrow because he really surprised everyone one year off of injury, too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, There's a lot of love for the Ravens in that division as well, but I'll tell you what. If Deshaun Watson does not miss the season and he only misses six games, which yeah. the longer this thing drags out, the more I think uh, the less games he's going to be suspended. Yeah. The, the Browns are going to be contenders. There's just no other way to say it. Yeah, there's no other way to say it. I believe it. And, you know, you touched on the Ravens right there, too. I think people forget just how good the Ravens are. Mm-hmm. They were decimated with injuries in the last season, but they've got a solid defense. They've always had a solid defense, and they've got Lamar Jackson, who I think gets a lot, maybe doesn't get all the praise that he should because he's got this stigma around him that he doesn't show up in big games. But the Ravens, I believe, to win the Super Bowl, like plus 2,000 for a long shot. It's not a bad one. Not a bad one at all. And Lamar, not a bad MVP long shot as well. Yes, Katie, love that. appreciate the time and the conversation as always. We'll talk again soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Katie Mox from ESPN Omaha Productions. Moxie Betts is the name of the podcast. I'm Scott Sadenberg. You can hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N. 
AIR. We'll do a little more football as we progress throughout the show here tonight. We'll be joined by Jason Logan of Covers. Also, Chris the Bear Felica will talk college football as we'll get into realignment and also take a look at some teams uh, as their outlook for this upcoming season as well. I'm Scott Sadenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. What's the guarantee? At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.